the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. I'm delighted today that you've joined us. It's right in the midst of a wonderful series that we're doing about the Bible and about its impact upon our ability to serve the Lord and to live the Christian life. Last week, we took all five days to talk about the doctrine of the Bible. What do we have in the Word of God? And I told you, we have the inspired, inerrant, infallible Word of God and many other things that we looked at that we know about the truth that we have in the Bible. It is God's inspired Word. Now, we look at that and we pay attention to it because it is where we find all of the information that we need about eternity and about time, about how to live. And so this week, we are looking at the application of that truth. We do have the Word of God. So how does that impact our Christian life? And yesterday, we talked about the verse in 2 Peter chapter 1 that says we have a more sure word of prophecy. That means... We're not into fables, we're not into myths, we're not into making stuff up, we're not into some pretense, but we're looking at solid truth. We're looking at factual information, and it is something that is so certain because it is a sure word that God has given to us. So we can build on that. And yesterday I told you one sure word, that's true about salvation, it's true about sanctification, it's true about soul winning, and I'm going to give you two or three other things today. Let me just remind you, our National Sword of the Lord Conference is coming July 17 through 20 at the Gospel Light Baptist Church in Winston-Salem. That is in Walkertown there in the Winston-Salem area, North Carolina. And we hope that you'll plan to be with us. Our website, thesortofthelord.com, has all the information about the conference and other things that will be helpful to you. And I hope that you'll check that out as often as you can. Now, let's look today, once again, I'll look to that verse in Second Peter chapter number 1 that says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. So because we have this sure word that God has given us, he tells us here, if you'll take heed to that, you'll do well. Sometimes, you know, people give you advice and it doesn't do you well. Sometimes you read things, you hear things, you see things on television, hear things on the radio. Maybe that people are advocating, people are trying to sell it to you. And you just look at it and say, well, sounds good. And you go with it and then you find out that it's an empty shell. You find out that it doesn't produce what was promised. Well, listen, when we're talking about the Word of God, we can take to the bank, make the deposit, write a check anytime you please. I'm just telling you, saying it in such a way that I want you to know you can count on what God tells you. And he's telling us that if you'll follow his word, you'll do well. You'll find yourself glad that you followed his word. Now, when we talk about a sure word, yesterday we looked at salvation, sanctification, soul winning, as I said already. Today, I want to look at three or four other things. Namely, number four in this list here, we have a sure word on stewardship as well. You know, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And whenever you and I realize that we have been entrusted with some things, 
like the gospel. We've been entrusted with being a representative for the Lord. We've been entrusted to be light in a dark world. We've been entrusted to be salt in this perishing world. We have been given responsibilities of the Lord. He has given us certain tasks that are just absolutely essential for us to do if we're going to stay in the will of God. God wants us to follow his program, and he's laid a lot of things out for us, and he wants us to be a good steward of what he's entrusted to us. Now, among the things that you and I can count as blessings that the Lord has provided is whatever money we have in our pocket, uh, whatever possessions that we hold deed to. If you own a house, if you own a car, if you have other business items, things that uh, you have the ownership of, really, uh, I like to say the Lord owns all of that. The only thing I have is the stewardship of it. I really think whenever we count the fact, Psalm 24, 1 says, the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. I'm telling you, it's just important for us to recognize that God does have ownership, and you and I are stewards. We are getting to use what God owns. We're getting to manage what God owns. And whenever you and I consider that, then we pay attention to how he tells us that we ought to conduct our business. Now, in this regard, in regard to stewardship, there are two great principles in the Bible. Number one, the Bible tells us in a couple of places that God loves a cheerful giver. He likes it whenever you and I get excited about giving. He wants us to have a heart for giving. He wants us to just figure out ways that we can be a giver. And you know, so many times I've said, I tried to teach my children, and uh, certainly I've tried to teach uh, church folks when I was pastor, and what I'm just simply saying is, I really want to be known as a giver and not a taker. All of us need to take some. We all need things, so we do have to take some things along the way. But at the same time, I hope that every one of us will so develop this yen for giving. We'll so develop this heart for giving that we will be a giver and we will do so gladly. Now, you may not have huge resources, but you can still be a giver. You may not have a huge income, but you can still be a giver and you can still have a cheerful heart about what you do. Now, the second great principle is the principle of tithing, and that is in the Bible. Now, I know somebody's going to say, oh, that's all Old Testament. Well, no, it's not just Old Testament. The fact is, whenever you read Matthew 23, verse 23, the Lord is chiding. He is rebuking some people because they were being so meticulous about tithing, but then they were leaving off what he called weightier matters of the law. And whenever they were not doing things that they ought to do, they were not keeping up morally, they were not keeping up spiritually, they were not paying attention to the great eternal truths like they should, the Lord was chiding them about that. He was rebuking them for letting big things go, and even though they were tithing in meticulous fashion. But here's what he said, verse 23 of chapter 23 of Matthew's gospel. He said, these ought ye to have done, talking about the tithing. These ought ye to have done, 
and not to leave the other undone. So he's telling us, you don't just uh, do this and make a show of it, but instead you pay attention here and you do be who you ought to be down to the depths of your being. But at the same time, very clearly, very pronounced fashion, the Bible says about the tithing in the New Testament, Matthew 23, 23, that these ought ye to have done. So when it comes to stewardship, dear folks, we have a sure word. We have a positive declaration from the Bible, two powerful things that it says. Number one, yes, we ought to tithe. That's a tenth of our income. At the same time, he tells us that we ought to be a cheerful giver. And sometimes folks tithe, but they don't do it cheerfully. They're doing it methodically. They're doing it, well, the Bible says I ought to do it. Well, listen, I hope that you'll get to the place where you not only give your tithe, but you'll even do more than that when you can, and you'll do so excitedly. You'll do so gladly, cheerfully. You'll just be absolutely delightfully pleased that you have something extra to give or that you're able to meet the minimum requirement of the tithe as the Lord has asked you to do. So, yes, we have a more sure word when it comes to stewardship as well. Let me just say also, secondly, or this be number five in this list, we're talking about a sure word on salvation, sure word on sanctification, sure word on soul winning, and a sure word whenever we have sorrow. Now, Christians do, like others, have sorrow that comes in their life. There may be times when you'll have to face the demise of a loved one, somebody that you have had great, great love or respect for, and uh, suddenly they're gone, they're dead, and you have great sorrow about that. Now, what do we do? Well, we can weep. Christians do weep, and there's nothing wrong with weeping. Uh, Christians do sorrow, but the Bible tells us our sorrow is not like the world's sorrow. The world comes to a deal like that where somebody dies, and it's like, well, hey, it's over and done. We're never going to see them again, and they have no hope whatsoever. Well, you and I are not in that boat. We do have hope. We do have an understanding that we will see our loved ones again in heaven if they're saved and if we're saved. And uh, if you're saved, you can be sure that your saved loved ones are going to heaven and that you will one day see them again. I know that little song that uh, I think Ray Hart made famous singing, I'll see you again, I'll see you again, I'll see you in heaven one day. It's a beautiful little song and one that I think expresses the truth that we have in the Lord. When we're saved, yes, we have the promise of heaven. And so when sorrow comes, it's appropriate and it's, yes, something we're going to do. If we lose a loved one, we're going to cry some. We're going to have some grief. But at the same time, dear friend, there will come a point in time where you'll get your feet planted again. You'll get your bearings about this, and you'll understand that in sorrow you can turn to the Lord, you can look to Him, you can count on Him. He'll sustain you. He'll be there with you. He'll be present with you. He'll provide you exactly what you need if you will lean on Him. Now, here's the problem. Sometimes people get into sorrow. They have something happen. Maybe suddenly it happens. And whenever that takes place, they then are turning themselves the wrong way. They wind up uh, feeling like they need to dope themselves up, or maybe they need to use alcohol or whatever to do damage to themselves. They don't realize it maybe, but they are doing damage to themselves. And whenever they go that route, 
then uh, they're headed down the wrong trail, and they're only complicating things. They're only making matters worse. They're not helping themselves. And listen, dear friends, I know there are Christians, professing Christians, folks in a lot of different denominational groups. I mean, they almost get fighting mad when you tell them not to drink alcohol, whenever you tell them to stay off of the illegal drugs and don't be doing things that uh, puts poison into your body. And yet, at the same time, uh, they will uh, be very defensive about what they're doing in that regard. Well, I'm just telling you, we say, and we say without apology, don't go the alcohol route, don't go the drug route, but whenever you have sorrow, we have the blessed Word of God, we have the comforting words that are found in the Bible, read the Psalms, read the Gospel of John, read the epistles, and you'll find all kinds of things that the Lord will give you that will help you to be solid, it'll help you to maintain your certainties in the midst of the hurt and the burden that you have when a loved one dies. We have every reason to stay true. We have every reason to stand tall, even in the midst of sorrow. And I want you to know, God loves you. God in heaven has you in mind and your best interest in mind. And if you'll stick with him, you'll stay with him. You'll lean on him. You'll listen to what he has to say. He's going to help you to get you through some deep valley that comes your way. You may find yourself facing bankruptcy. You may find yourself in some deep financial hole. Well, whatever those hurts, those burdens, those heartaches are, I'm telling you, the Lord has in his word exactly the word that you need, and that's why we just say it is a sure word, something solid on which you can build. And I'm grateful today that I can advocate the Lord's word, I can present it to you, and I can encourage you to follow it. I believe that you're going to find it refreshing and it will be fulfilling as well. So thank you for being along today. Be sure to join us tomorrow. We're going to talk some more about this. And in the meantime, remember, I love to hear from you. And I hope that you'll write me a note and let me know that you're hearing the broadcast. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, dear friends, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of this day and goodbye for now.